Howdy and welcome to the Homes for Hope podcast. My name is Drake Holtree and I'm the Western U.S. representative for Homes for Hope and your host today. If you're not aware, Homes for Hope is a building industry response to global poverty. Since our founding, we've expanded our mission to serve in over 20 countries and have had the privilege of investing over $1.6 billion in the dreams of underserved men and women through microenterprise development. Today on our show, I'm very pleased to say we have the one, the only Mike Lyon, founder of Do You Convert. Mike, welcome to the Homes for Hope podcast. How are you today? I am doing great. I love that you said howdy, and I also like your podcast voice. That's very impressive. Thank you. You know, I, I always say I took like one podcast class in high school. I don't know where that went, but this is how I use it. I put it on my resume or something. Um, and the howdy, we got to represent Texas. Texas. Well, it tells house. you how old you are if you're taking podcasting in high school, because for the rest of us, I mean, I don't think this even existed back then. So yeah, there was a hot minute. I thought it'd be cool to be a radio DJ. Then I figured out they didn't get paid anything. So I was like... <laughs> Okay, shout out to all the radio DJs out there. Um, okay, Mike, uh, listeners, first off, you need to know that when Mike and I first hopped on this call, he was like measuring stuff in his office. I was like, this man was created to speak into the building industry. He's just, <laughs> I haven't pulled out a measuring tape in my office ever. Um, so, uh, Mike, props, props on that one. But uh, for those that may not know you or uh, they've been under a rock and they don't know of Do You Convert, um, can yeah. you share a little bit about yourself and what exactly Do You Convert does? Oh, absolutely. I'm always excited to talk about Do You Convert. You know, I founded Do You Convert 15 years ago in a response to home builders needing uh, support and guidance on implementing and improving online sales and marketing programs. And since then, we have grown to over 23 awesome team members. And we partner with builders to help with their digital marketing, driving qualified leads, and providing industry leading online sales training. We have over 85 home building partners across the country. Um, and we just absolutely love what we do. We're extremely passionate about, um, you know, driving great qualified traffic into those model homes that convert into sales. I love that. Hopefully that leads to, uh, some Googles from the listeners today heading, heading over to that. Do you convert website? Um, but Mike, so it is the the Tuesday before actually what's today, Monday, it's the Monday before IBS. Um, and and I'm curious, as I always say, listeners, do not tune in to hear what Drake Coultry thinks the building industry should keep front of mind. And you're the guy with the measuring tape in your office. <laughs> so, Mike, I would love to know the week before IBS, like the, yeah. this is going to come out the Tuesday of IBS. Uh, okay. What is it that you think the building industry should be keeping most front of mind right now? Well, that's it's it's interesting when you think about in terms of IBS, because it's like a bookend to the year. And so you can think about the past year and what's happened and even what happened at the end of 2023 and moving into this year. There's a couple of things that are in home builders favor right now. I'm, I'm of the you know thought that higher interest rates are actually not bad for us um, because I mean, they're bad when you have to get a loan to build a home, but the higher consumer mortgage rates are not bad because we can leverage incentives to bring that down, bring down the overall cost of home ownership, you know, prices may be higher, but we can bring down those costs. So I think that's not a bad thing. You know, my wish, if I could make a wish, it'd come into the mid fives. That'd be that little sweet spot. But it's, you know, a lot of people are locked into their home at a low interest rate. And so we're not seeing movement from general real resale. And that's given us a competitive advantage in just market share, right? 
Um, also, the price difference between new and used has, has shrunk more than ever. And we've got so many things that we for, have forgotten to talk about, which is, you know, energy efficient. This is a brand new home. Latest designs of technology. Oh, by the way, you get a warranty. If something breaks, we're going to fix it. I think we forget to sell that as an industry. Um, we're getting a little bit better at it coming back into this world, you know, more, of more normalcy. Um, also, builders can create a really magical experience. And that's what we focus on in Do You Convert? And the great builders focus on, you know, getting all the way from contact to contract. You can do things that your average real estate agent that's selling a home just can't and won't do because they don't have the capacity to do it. And right now they're hurting. That industry is hurting and in a lot of pain. And we can come in and kind of swoop in and save it. So those are all the things that are in our favor. That's what home builders should be thinking about. What they need to watch out for, the headwinds, are uncertainty in the buyer's mind. You know, they're 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 you know, the affordability and economic headwinds is like, uh, I don't know if I want to or man, I bought this home during COVID when I moved and now I got to move back to an office, but my interest rate was so low or all that stuff, right? So that's a little bit of a thing we got to fight against. Um, we have record amounts of web traffic, which is awesome. People are out there still looking, but our conversion rates are down 20, 30, 40% in some cases. Um, and that's because the research is showing us, and the data is showing us that the buying cycle has extended. Mm. Okay, so... That's extended. They're they're kind of shopping longer, taking a little bit more time to make that decision. Um, and then the final thing that we're fighting as an industry is just undertrained, poorly trained, mistrained, misaligned, both online sales and your regular traditional sales force. You know, they have the hot market hangover, we like to call it. You know, there's a lingering effects of priority lists and low rates that have trained them one way. And even if they were in the business before that, anytime you do something for two to three years, your habits change. And so that's what I think we all need to be thinking about focusing on and like educating ourselves on, okay, how do we avoid some of these headwinds and how do we lean into some of these things that are giving home builders a competitive advantage? Mike, I love that. One of the the first things I uh, starred that I wrote down that you said, because <clears throat> I honestly thought this as I passed a, a new home development this week, there were a lot of of glass windows. And I was thinking, uh, man, the, we're in Texas, like their electricity bill is going to be through the roof. And then my wife and I were talking and we we're like, well, it's probably more efficient. Um, it, it's not like our 1950s house. And so I'm right. curious, how do home builders communicate these new home perks that are uh, maybe not as easy to understand, like efficiency and things like that? Like how, how right. can they communicate that in a way that the audience truly understands? And that's, and that's a relative term, you know, so you have to come back with things like, you know, hers rating, net zero, all these buzzwords and stuff like that. But you have to educate the consumer and get it down to just like what you said. Hey, normally those big glass windows those are a problem in, in both the heat and the cold, but because of their low E windows, they're energy efficient and everything else that we've done to wrap and envelope this house, mm-hmm. it's going to reduce your cost by X amount compared to a standard used home, even a home built in the mid nineties. There's a different rating. So helping people understand that, see that in the math, show them what, what a uh, an average bill is for that home if you've got the data and that's the thing that is so surprising to me i know there's companies that are coming out that are that are that are going to start using all this data to give you averages mm-hmm. but before that's kind of like a mystery well now you can come in and get your stuff rated by energy star get an energy star certified get it tested get a blower door test all these things doing a lot of show and tell 
really helps with that. We got, we got away from that. I mean, shoot, we got away from building model homes or having homes available mm -hmm. in, in 2021 and 2020. And people didn't even come in 2020. Like people were buying homes sight unseen. And so now we've got to go back to what we were doing leading up to that market. We can get to it. It's just a training opportunity for your teams. And you mentioned uh, leveraging incentives. What are some incentives that you, when you're chatting maybe with a new builder and, and you're discussing mm -hmm. that particular topic, what are some of the first incentives you go to? It's like, Hey, are you telling your prospective buyers this? Like, are you, are you making it known that you guys do this? Like, is there anything front of mind that, that you've noticed no one's talking about that they should be? No. I mean, most people are talking about just talking about the right way. And, and listen, in, in the good old days, incentives were used as a closing tool, not an opening tool. Mm. We were big and we're big, still big believers in that. But you have to stay competitive. And right now, the main one that is being used is a way to buy down your rate. Yeah. So getting that rate down to a certain amount and helping them understand what that means, um, that's that's probably the most powerful incentive that, that builders can use right now. And But as the market starts to improve and change, they're pulling back more and more on that. So we'll, that's kind of a developing topic. Um, you know, you want to stay profitable as a home builder and, and the right profit margin. But also, I mean, we love our home builder partners. They got used to a healthy profit margin in, in 2021 and 2022. And now it's kind of going back down to normal. And part of that normalcy is, a, you know, taking 10K to buy down a rate to get it affordable for a customer. Do what you can to sell the home. Yeah. And I think as, as affordable housing is being discussed so much, um, yes. that's, that's, yeah, that's also a whole something different topic to be, yeah, <laughs> that's something to be mindful yeah. of. I think we're, we're talking about a different space, but still, um, yeah. okay. So kind of on the other end, you, this was the category of, of watch out, like things have changed, be mindful here. Um, the, the buying cycle has extended. I'd love to, yeah. to camp out on that a little bit. Um, one, why? Do you think it's extended um, and, and why has it extended? And and two, what are the repercussions? Um, yeah, well, a couple of things come to my mind. Um, the first is that idea. If you had a 2.78 interest rate for 30 years, you treat that like, um, I don't know, you want to get a tattoo on your neck or face, maybe even like post posty, post Malone. You want to like, hey, I got a 2.78 mm -hmm. guys, you know, they get so attached and wrapped up into that, into that because the payment is low and that might even be attached to a um, lower overall price of, uh, of a home. So moving from that is there's, there's a pain involved, right? So that's the first thing. The second is like, it's not as easy to sell a home as it was when they did this because rates are higher. So mm -hmm. there's less people out there that are excited to buy a house that's potentially more money than they invested in before at a higher interest rate. And so there's less buyers so that it's not as fluid as it was before when you could literally buy a house and sell a house in the same day. I mean, that's how easy it was. You had multiple offers. And that was insanity. And so that's where the hesitancy comes because if I do something, I really have to move. Like that's the, the reality is the people that are moving, they have to move. It's not like they want to move or maybe it'd be nice to have this. They're in a have to move situation. And so because of that, they're just maybe a little more... Um, you know, thoughtful and taking just a little bit longer time. But if they get in the right, um, in the right world where they're the future opportunity for that new home is way better than their current situation, mm -hmm. they will make a move and they'll do it at a, you know, at an interest rate that's getting bought down, right. As long as the numbers kind of match up. So it's happening. It's just not happening as quick as it used to.
Yeah. Well, Mike, that uh, quite frankly was our first ever post Malone reference in, hey, why not? in a podcast, but we're here for it. Um, That's good. With that, though, I think we'll we'll put a pin uh, in this half of the podcast. Listeners, I think might give you a lot of things to discuss, uh, whether it's interest rates, leveraging incentives, um, or even just that that buying cycle being extended. All things, if you're if you're selling homes, you know about. Mike didn't tell you anything you didn't know, but it gives you an opportunity to think about it a little further and give you another perspective. Um, so as we transition to the second half of the podcast, I'd love to toss it up to our executive director, Matt Baer in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to give us a quick word. The International Builder Show is the largest gathering of building industry professionals in the world. What an opportunity that presents for us to come together and pray for each other while we're there. Well, this year, for the first time, we're going to do just that. Homes for Hope is hosting the inaugural IBS prayer breakfast on the morning of Wednesday, February 28th from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. at the Westgate Hotel and Casino in Ballroom D. We're going to comprehensively cover our industry in prayer by praying for builders, suppliers, the trades, consultants, and women in building, and we're super excited about it. Don't miss out on this amazing opportunity to glorify God, network with other like-minded professionals, and pray for the continued success of our industry. Register now as space is limited for this inspiring event. Free breakfast will be provided, and we all know how important finding food is at IBS. The link for more information on the event and to register will be in the show notes. And now, back to my friend and colleague, Trey Coultry. Okay, listeners, it is Drake Coultry here alongside Mike Lyon of Do You Convert? Um, y'all, this is uh, hands down my favorite part of the podcast. This is why our, our podcast exists. We love to uh, give our listeners some insight from building industry professionals, but we also want to connect to our work. And in that, we believe that there's no such thing as a self-made man. Um, but in fact, that we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. Everyone has been invested in by someone. Um, and that is why the work of Homes for Hope exists, so that we can invest in the dreams of underserved men and women around the world. Men and women um, living below the poverty line that have time, skills, and talents, but really just need to be invested in. Um, they're not looking for a handout, but instead they're looking for a hand up. Um, and that's why we partner with the building industry to do what we do. But with that today, again, we have Mike on the podcast and Mike, I would love to know who it is that either personally or professionally has helped you get to where you are today. Yeah. I, I love this question. And when you sent over the notes, you know, I saw it and I gave it careful thought and consideration, Drake. So it's a, I'm going to answer it one way first, maybe the way that you're used to. And then I'm going to take a little spin on it. And, okay. and you can, I already gave you post Malone reference, so we'll go a little different direction too. But like, first off, the, the person who's had the biggest influence on me, hands down my day one, my wife, 23 years of marriage. I don't know where, I know where I would be if I didn't marry her. I'd probably still be in the mountains somewhere, you know, not, you know, not with wanderingly wandering out there, no direction. I don't know, but she's just phenomenal. And what's really great about her besides just being a, an awesome support and, and person who encourages me um, to kind of tap into what something that she maybe saw that I didn't see. Um, she's also a really good um, like business mentor. Like I can bounce things off her and she's very insightful and discerning. So I'm so mm -hmm. thankful that that she is my wife and that she has stayed my wife, right? So that's great. The second 
part two, he's clapping. You can't, we're on video. You can't see that, but he's giving me a little, a little golf clap. round of applause. Way to go, Mrs. That's right. Yeah. She, she's great. Um, the second thing is I kind of wanted to use, uh, the example of, of companies that ha- have shaped who I am because I think mm-hmm. it's important and, and they're home building companies. So I think that part is important, but really kind of a tale of two companies. The first, um, is, is Simmons homes who gave me my shot. Like they brought me in to the home building world with zero home building knowledge. I'm just a young rookie kid who was full of energy and Greg Simmons and Pete Curtis. Those are the owners of the company brought me in Dana Bowen, who was the sales and marketing manager at the time. They brought me in. Um, they let me at it. Uh, they let me start essentially a new position, which was new to our industry of online sales without a lot of direct guidance. They had Myers Barnes, who was a uh, consultant and sales trainer there every month, just investing in their employees and their people. Um, and it was awesome. It, I've never, I'd never experienced a company that invested so much in their employees. And not only did they support me in that, but towards the end, I wrote a book browsers to buyers as a guide for builders to do what we were doing. Cause there wasn't something as specific out there at the time. And not only did they support that, but Greg wrote a, you know, a, a, a thing for the front cover and all that stuff. And, and they were amazing. Like all that stuff was amazing. They weren't weird about it. They weren't, you know, holding it in. They let out. So that, that was just an awesome experience. And I, I owe them everything as it relates to getting involved in the industry and letting me go from there. So that was great. Then the opportunity came up and I was recruited by another builder in another market to be a VP of sales and marketing. So I thought that was my next career step, right? Okay, that's the logical next step. I loved what I did in online sales. I was extremely passionate about it. But I thought, is this the step, right? So I took that opportunity. And I went in there and it was interesting, uh, you know, smaller volume builder, different market. And they basically said, hey, come and make us like Simmons Homes. So they wanted some efficiencies and modernizing and systematizing their sales and marketing program. And I did everything. Um, It was like getting model homes set up, uh, redlining floor plans, getting ERPs in there. I was literally designing the website, not building it out, but designing the front end of a website, setting up their CRM. I mean, logo redesign, you name it, everything. Right. And, And it was like an MBA. It was awesome. Um, and I'm grateful for that, but it, it really took a toll. I worked six days a week and they still called me on my day off. Like it was, hmm. that's what we were doing. And, um, you know, the goal was come in and set up sales executives in the communities and all that stuff. But really the reality is I was selling out of one model home, six community selling seven, eight homes a month with an assistant. That's all it was. And so it was starting to take its toll on me. And then guess what happened, Drake? It was the end of 2008. And quick history lesson for those of you out there, like Drake was probably learning podcasting in high school at the time. Um, You know, the housing market and everything and mortgages and all that stuff, mortgage-backed securities all collapsed and brought everything down and everything was tied to housing. And they got stressed. They got stressed, rightfully so, as owners do. They got stressed. So it kind of made a tough situation even harder. And my wife just looked at me, who's, you know, my number one person, and said, you're like losing weight. You don't ever see your young kids. You've got to pick something that is easier on you. 
Hmm. Right. And so I'm like, okay, I can go back to what I did before, et cetera. I was kind of trying to figure everything out. And, um, I was fortunate at the time that a company reached out to me and said, would you want to do training for online sales for our company? And I was like, maybe I went back and had lunch with Greg Simmons. And he said, I kind of told him my plight. I was like, here's where I'm at. And he said, if you want to do consulting for us, come consult on social media. And that's kind of how do you convert started. It was an accident, right? Because what, what, what I was doing wasn't working well. Okay. Here's where the story gets interesting. A little turn. Um, I respected the people that I worked for. And even though the market was kind of going to hell, right? Um, the, one of the owners, and I'm not going to say names because it doesn't matter, but one of the owners decided he was going to go to Hawaii for a month. And I said, listen, I, like I'm, I'm going to make a change. I need to talk to this person before the mm. end of the year, before they go to Hawaii. And I go talk to him and I tell him what I'm doing, say, listen, I will help. I want, maybe you'll be my first client. I will transition as long as you want, but this just isn't working out for me. I'm going to have to do something else. I don't have to go anywhere. If it takes six months, I don't care. Right. And their mood changed pretty quickly. And so this is, this is what sticks with me. And this is such a motivating thing. And I'll wrap it up here for you. Um, you know, when we had these conversations, it was the end of the year. Part of my contract was a salary and then a bonus tied to profitability in the end of the year. That was my contract. Well, they decided if I was going to leave, they're not going to pay me my bonus. Okay, that's interesting. And I said, I had a problem with that. We have an agreement. And he goes, well, I don't know. What do you think you're, I mean, like how much do you think you should get paid? I go, well, if I did math, on it, like a salesperson making 2%, it's like $300,000, man. And I got, that's not even what we're asking. And he, I remember this and it sticks with me. He looked at me, he says, Mike, you're not worth $200,000. You just said that to me. And I was like, oh, okay. And at the time that was painful and it hurt. Mm. And, you know, do the events after that, they didn't seem real enthusiastic about a easy transition. And we just did what we did. And, and I contemplated like how I try and rectify this. And I said, you know what? I can spend my energy trying to go grab that or I can just move on. Mm. But, you know, it hurt at the time, but I look back and I think about it. And I mean, I'm telling you just that statement right there, just how they treated it right there. That motivated me for like, I mean, a good seven, eight years of do you convert? Or like, oh, I'll show you guys mm-hmm. what worth is, right? And it's just an example of an organization that thought differently about someone who, like, I bled for them. Like, it was like I almost got divorced for them because we were trying to make this young company grow and work. And for them to turn around and say, yeah, you're not worth this to us. And, and you flip that around and, and six months into doing, con- do you convert and being a consultant for Simmons homes, I was having a little side conversation with Pete Curtis, the other owner of Simmons homes. And he was beaming like a proud dad and was saying, Hey man, you are doing so great. He's like, I'm telling you, man, you're going to be making $500,000 a year before you know it. He's like, you have no idea how much value this brings to, to builders. And I just think about the two things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I go, huh, that's interesting. What legacy is, it's, it's interesting what, what people can do and what they're, what the power that their words have. 
And yeah. yeah, it's something I've never shared in public because I'm not, you know, I just don't, you don't want to get down into it, but, mm-hmm. and the name doesn't matter. You can go, I mean, the company isn't even named the same thing anymore that did me dirty. And there's probably a reason for that, but yeah. you, what you do and how you treat your people is important. And that was, those are two different things that just shaped me professionally that I hope to keep passing on, you know, to others around us. Like we got to, you got to operate the right way and it pays off and pays off for everyone. So that's a, Mike, that's a wonderful transition. Um, as you, as you saw two, uh, separate individuals that, that used to be your boss or companies that used to be your employer. Um, one, uh, did you dirty, as you said, and the other with, uh, Greg and Pete, it sounds like they were cheerleaders that were cheering you on. Um, as you are now the, the leader of a company, how does that impact the way you communicate not only with, uh, your current employees, but maybe even employees that, that leave and, and are excited to go chase other opportunities? Um, was there any kind of lesson there and i realize this is an on-the-spot question no, it's fine. but really how, how you treat uh your current team well that's when i think about it i i think of you know everybody is is trading their time for money right and for some people what they do is a job and for others it's a career and what i respond to is anybody who looks at what they're doing as a career Right. Mm-hmm. And I will go the distance in both either personal time that they're looking for or um, feedback or help or support or financial, you name it. Like it's all just a trade off. And it's not about like, what are you doing for me necessarily? It's like, hey, what do you think of your role? And what do you think of what we're doing? And what do you think of do you convert? Like all those things combined um, tell you what you're going to get back from an employee, a team member. Right. And so I think of myself in, in, in that, like, I, I didn't know what I was capable of. And I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm this amazing person, but I, I didn't personally know like how I stacked up against other people until mm-hmm. I had someone come alongside me, like a Myers Barnes who worked at Simmons or like Greg and Dana who were just like, man, you're do- like, you're killing it. And I was like, really? Oh, God, okay. I thought this was normal. And so when someone comes along and recognizes that in you, I always want to foster that and mm-hmm. expand on it and give people as much opportunity to do it. And, and we've even seen it with, I mean, you had Jen on the podcast before. I mean, Jen, when she was hired, I knew that she was great, but I didn't know where she could go within the company. And within five years, it was very obvious that she could, she could take that step and, and take over what I was doing in the industry for online sales and she could take that mantle and I could look at and work on other things in the company. And that's one of the most exciting things. Not like, Oh, they want to talk to Jen, not Mike. I'm like, Oh good. They want to talk to Jen and and they don't have to talk to me. And so I always want to build people up. Um, not even in our own company, but around our, our company or in our orbit. If people are committed to their work and the craft and their career, like, Sky's the limit, and I'll and I'll I want to help them in any way I can because I know what yeah. the two sides of the coins are. <laughs> One mm. person will point at you and say you're only worth this much, and I'm going to squeeze everything out of you, and the other person who says I'm proud of you, you have no idea what you can do as, as long as you apply yourself. So yeah, I don't know if that answered your question. I tried. No, 
That was that was great. And I, I have one more question because it would just feel wrong not to ask oh, okay. for the sake of time. Um, How much am I making a year? Am I making more than no, 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 no. the 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 fact that uh your wife of twenty three years, uh-huh. Mrs. Lyon, came to you and I, I wrote down wife's discernment when you when oh, you were yeah. saying that you were just in like an unhealthy place work wise, mm-hmm. you were burning the midnight oil, like you knew change needed to happen. And if anything, she told you change needed to happen. Um, what did it feel like as you were being told by your employer you're not worth two hundred thousand dollars? And your wife came to you and said, Mike, you are worth so much more than two hundred thousand oh. dollars in the, like the amount of value that your your spouse uh, has for you. What did that feel like? Well, I mean, I don't think probably at the time, I was probably too self-centered at the time to recognize what I recognize now at, at 44 years old. Um, my ego was a little bit bigger back then. Um, so definitely discerning, but what I'll, well, I'll kind of turn that around just a little bit and say, even when I first started do you convert, I was grinding. I mean, probably for the first five years, it was, you know, it's a grind because I wanted to make sure that we were set up for success, our family personally and, and the company. Um, what I would say is the, the thing I'm deeply grateful to her for is she's, she stuck by me through all those hard things. And she did so like, she worked at, do you convert for free, you know, doing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and, and all that she traded off a lot of things to make sure that that was successful. And I owe her, I mean, like that's uh, forever. Like not, there's nothing that you could do that would say like, like she, she invested in that and she was behind the scenes on so much. I mean, she was helping us run our first conferences, like all that stuff. Um, she didn't get a lot of accolades and she didn't want them, but she didn't get that. But I owe her, I owe her everything. Like, I mean, there's, you know, there, it wasn't, there is no self-made man on in this situation. It wouldn't have happened without her. So how did I feel? I feel just in love and grateful. I love her. Great answer. We'll, we'll send that snippet to her. She won't listen. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, she does listen to Jen and Jesse and their podcast. You know, they have opt the online people talking podcast and she loves it. Yeah. And yeah. then she'll give me notes on it, like when I'm on it. She's like, yeah, you need to talk less. Let the other people talk more. She's very discerning in a good way. You know, sounds sounds like a good wife. Um, well, Mike, thank you so much for sharing. I, I loved where you took the the whole who invested in you side of the story. And I think that will resonate um, with a lot of our listeners because everyone has an employer. And it's whether or not that employer has invested in them or not. Yeah. Um, and so, Mike, thank you for thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you, uh, as Do You Convert has... Um, Help the work of Homes for Hope, letting us be at your summit oh, in yeah. Dallas this this past year, uh, and, and some other things. And so we we gratefully appreciate that, and thank you for taking the time. Yeah, today. and you'll be at the summit this year in Chicago. We're glad to have you back. And um, yeah, just thanks for the opportunity, and thanks for doing this. Anybody who puts out content and does it as well as you do gets uh, you're you're a, you're one of us. That's what we like to say. You're one of us. I love it. I love it. Well, listeners, I hope you found today's episode as informative and inspirational as me. And above all, I hope you're encouraged to invest in those around you. Until next time, this has been the Homes for Hope Podcast.